So if you've lived for any amount of time, you may have realized that the only thing that is truly constant is change. And yet, this is one of the areas that seems to be one of the greatest triggers of suffering for so many people. So what's really interesting is that this is a teaching that has been talked about in both Zen and Stoic philosophy extensively. One in which is that there's a story of Suzuki Roshi where he was giving a lecture and one of the students raised their hand and said, can you sum up Zen in a nutshell? And he looked at him and he said, everything changes. The students laughed, he laughed, and then he moved on to the next topic because essentially that is what it is. Everything is change. We are consistently going through a different metamorphosis of our existence. And with that being said, there are new things to experience, new wisdom to be gained in all of this. And so why we talk about this idea of embracing change is because like I was saying in the beginning, this can be one of the greatest points of suffering for people, but it's only a point of suffering when we are clinging to or holding on to the old. Anytime we do that and not embracing the change, we are not moving with the flow of life. And instead, we are, in a sense, thinking to ourselves that our minds, our individual experience minds, our egoic minds, know more than nature. But the reality is, just like we talk about with Stoic philosophy, it is all about aligning with nature, realizing that you are not separate from nature, rather that you are a part of nature. So when nature is changing, you are also changing, whether or not you decide that you are in your mind. The key is, is to embrace that, to go with it, to go with the flow of it. There's a proverb in Zen that says, let go or be dragged. And this is really important because anytime that we don't let go to a situation, we seem to get dragged through a series of difficult situations and challenges. Rather, when we just let go, we embrace what is, we focus on what we can control in the moment, then we are able to actually have a good time with change. You see, one of the things that Alan Watts would talk about is this idea of how he compares life to music and life to dancing and how when you dance, you don't dance to arrive at a specific point on the dance floor. You just dance and you enjoy the music. And a lot of people will ask things in life sometimes. They'll ask these nihilistic questions, will say, well, what's the point of doing this thing or starting this business or you know, working so hard if life is just going to end? And it's the same thing as asking the question, what's the point of music if the song is just going to end? The thing is, the point of music is not how quickly the song goes or whether or not it gets to a specific end point. The point of music is that it is just simply moving and allowing us to experience that moment with within the music, to be able to dance, to be able to sing with it. And so when we use this point of reference, like what's the point of this thing just because it's going to end, we're actually using a very poor frame of reference. And so when that comes to change, it's important to realize that change, just like music, is very much like the differences in between each note. One thing that Alan Watts would talk about is how if any one note is held for too long, then the music actually loses its melody and then we don't actually experience that total connection, that total unity with the experience of music being played or with the ability to dance to something because the beat will suddenly be all off or the melody will be off. And so the changes in the melody, the changes in the patterns of music are very synonymous to the changes of life. If we hold on to any one part of life too long, if we try to stick to it or identify ourselves with a certain way of being, then we get dragged through life because we're still holding on to that old thing. Remember, in Buddhism, there are the four noble truths. The first one being the truth of suffering, that suffer, there will be suffering or suffering exists. Whereas the second noble truth is that the root of suffering is actually attachment. And it's attachment 
to the way things were or attachment to the way that you may want things to be. Change is going to be inevitable. It's going to happen through our lives. No matter how hard we cling to the past or try to attach ourselves to the future, change is going to happen. And there will be things that are happening outside of our control. And the key is to embrace what happens outside of our control and to essentially have a sense of trust and faith in your life, having trust and faith in maybe something bigger than you, knowing that you are guided, knowing that life is happening for you and not to you. And when you can maintain this sense of faith and trust through all the changes of life, through the uncertainties, it actually allows you to be much more centered and stable in any one moment of change. So when it comes to change, there are two really important stories that I always come back to. And these are two stories that I've used in coaching for the last decade. And these have helped clients to embrace change in a really powerful way. The first one is the story of the farmer. Now, there is this farmer in a small village who had only one horse. He had a very humble farm. And one day, the one horse that he did have ended up running away. And so all the villagers, knowing everybody, went to the farmer and they said, oh, we're so sorry that this happened. This is such bad luck. Can't believe your, your only horse ran away. And the farmer simply replied with, maybe. The next day, that horse came back and that horse had three other horses with it that came and followed it from the wild. And suddenly the farmer now had four horses. And so all of the villagers came back and they said, this is such a great occurrence. What, how fortuitous of you. Now you have four horses. And the farmer just said, Maybe. The next day, the farmer's son was riding one of the wild horses, attempting to tame it, and the wild horse bucked him off and he fell down and he broke his leg. And so once again, all the villagers came. They said, oh, this is such bad luck. I can't believe this happened. And the farmer just said, maybe. The following day, a big war broke out in the region. And so the armies were coming in and recruiting all of the young men in all the villages to go and fight in this gruesome war. And when they showed up to the farmer's house, his son wasn't able to go and fight because he had broken his leg. And so all the villagers once again came to him and they said, this is such a great occurrence. I mean, even though your son's leg is broken, at least he doesn't have to go and fight in this war. This is such good luck. And the farmer just said, maybe. So the whole idea of this is that anytime you're experiencing any change, whether positive or negative, keep in mind that the more we can come into this middle way, of normalizing our sense of centeredness, of normalizing our sense of presence, and allowing ourselves to, yes, enjoy the things that happen, and yes, feel fully the emotions that we have, but to always remember in the grand scheme of things, maybe. Now, the other story that's also really important really highlights this idea of making sure that we are able to release attachment. So this is the story of the two monks. So these two monks they were traveling far and wide to find the best monastery that they could find in order to reach enlightenment. And they were very, very strict with their practice. So strict, in fact, that they had both committed to a life of celibacy to keep them out of distraction of any kind from their practice. And so they would go from town to town, temple to temple, looking for the best monastery they could find with the wisest Zen master. And one day, they're crossing through a forest to get to the next town. And as they go through the forest, they notice this very choppy river. And as they get closer to the river, they realize that there's this woman in a beautiful silk dress that is unable to get across the river without destroying her dress. And so without any hesitation, the older monk signals to this woman to pick her up and carry her across. She accepts, he picks her up, he carries her across the river and puts her down. The young monk follows, and then they continue on their way. 
Hours later, the young monk is looking stressed out, disgruntled, frustrated, and finally he blurts out to the older monk, he says, I can't believe you picked up that woman. We're not supposed to look a woman in the eye, and yet you picked her up and you carried her. How do you reconcile that with your vow of celibacy? And the older monk looked at him and said, I put her down at the river. Why are you still carrying her? These stories and the wisdom within them has allowed me to embrace change in a very profound way, has allowed other clients to embrace change. And remembering these stories, remembering no matter what happens, maybe, allowing yourself to remain centered and present. And whenever there was something that you were adamant about, that you had strong conviction towards, and suddenly there's a change, and that thing is no longer relevant or valid in your life, simply allow yourself to let it go. When you let it go and you walk on, you're able to embrace change in a very powerful and profound way that allows you feeling a deep sense of inner peace no matter what's going on around you. One of the things that puts people into a state of uncertainty or suffering when it comes to change is that sometimes we'll start to engage in stories or narratives of how things are going to be and we start to chunk way too big in terms of the pervasiveness of the change throughout the whole spectrum of our lives. We get overwhelmed because we're thinking of way too many things at once. Whenever there is change that is happening and you're uncertain, you're not sure what to do about it, one of the best things that you can do is bring yourself into the present moment through your breath. Upon bringing yourself into the present moment through your breath, right? Meditation is a really good way of doing this. What you would then do is focus on just what's in front of you. What is the thing that's in front of you that you can control? So we take this back to Epictetus's dichotomy of control and ask ourselves, with this change happening in our lives, what can I control in this moment? What can I actually do here and now? So for me, I, there have been so many changes that I've experienced in life that I wasn't expecting or that I wasn't prepared for. And I'm sure you listening or watching this have experienced the same thing. For me, one of the biggest changes that I wasn't prepared for was the death of my mom. That was a change that I wasn't prepared for. And yet in that moment, I had to focus on what I could control, which was essentially being the voice of hope for, for my dad and for my family around me and being able to be that silver lining and finding what the good in this was. When I had the, the experience where I had a divorce, right? I, that was not a change that I was necessarily ready for. And yet I had to focus on what I could control. I had to focus on owning up to my stuff, taking responsibility, and then taking those lessons and actioning them in my own life. That's what I could control in that moment. I couldn't, I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. I didn't know what was going to be the future of my love life. And yet in that moment, I still had to do the same thing. Right. Even when we think of the pandemic, right? That was a huge change that nobody was expecting. And yet the people who ended up being able to thrive or creating some of the greatest gifts of their lives are those who were able to focus on what they could control, have a sense of resourcefulness and really bring their focus in onto what they already had and embracing that change in that way. So when it comes to change, the way that we embrace it is to essentially let go and walk on, walk on with the movement of life and essentially focus on what we can control, embrace what we already do have, right? Having gratitude for what's already in our lives, and then focusing on the next thing that's in front of us rather than every little thing that we could possibly think of that is perhaps on the horizon. So one of the most important characteristics that will allow you to truly embrace change is to be able to bring your philosophy and all these things that you are learning and all the insights that you're having 
into your unconscious behavior so that you are able to become automatically centered whenever there is uncertainty. So Zen Stoic philosophy is practiced with three main pillars. Number one, it's the philosophy itself. It's what you're getting on this podcast. Number two are the Zen Stoic meditations, which allow you to take all of this wisdom and bring it into your unconscious by practicing the meditations and reflecting upon them. And the third is coaching, which is how we turn timeless wisdom into real world results. So if you're looking to bring this wisdom into application into your life, the best place to start is with our free meditation that will give you ultimate clarity on a vision for your life and your life purpose. So click the link in the description to go and access it today.